0: Hello and welcome to Cruise Club. We've got The Need, The Need to Podcast. This is episode one Endless Love from 1981. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. Mike, we are here. This is a new podcast. We previewed it on our intro episode. Uh, we're doing the Tom Tom Clubs, alternating every Friday. This starts off the Tom Tom Club with the Tom Cruise movie. Next week, we will have He Knows You're Alone, starring Tom Hanks. Two separate podcasts, two separate feeds, but in spirit, kind of the same. Uh, We will be comparing the two, have a game that compares the two actors. But here we are, new year, new you, new me, new actor (laughs) to cover. Boy, oh boy, what a movie. Oh my god. Before we get into it yet,
1: I just want to say, like, I am so excited for this Tom Tom Club project that we're doing here. Because, like you said, two separate feeds, technically two separate podcasts, but one collective project, I think, that we're trying to do yep. here. And uh, this is, it's kind of new, but I think it's adding a little bit of extra fun to everything. And, oh, my God. I, mean, I don't think I've – like, not since Cage, right? Like, not since um, <laughs> that Crispin Glover, Nick Cage TV pilot have we kicked off a podcast this good, I think, like, with something this strong. Like, this is this was some crazy stuff to watch.
0: So now did you know – I don't know how much I, – I, I never actually know how much research you do about a movie going into a movie or going into a podcast – Did you know? Do you remember that they remade this movie like four years ago? No, no. the The only thing I knew about
1: this movie was the title was also the title of a popular love song. But I didn't even know that that song came from this movie, the Lionel Richie song. Like I remember that was in like Happy Gilmore or something as a joke. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I knew.
0: Yeah. It's crazy because I was like, wait, because in the opening credits it says, or original theme written by Lionel Richie, and I was like, I was like, wait, that's this movie? They remade it four years ago, I think. It was kind of like an erotic teen thriller. They changed some things because. Right out of the gate, I will say, that this movie is very problematic. However, that does not mean that I did not absolutely love it, uh, <laughs> because it is that shit bananas, and we will get into that shortly. This movie, I, I thought there weren't going to be a lot, but there actually have been a lot. This is a movie that was nominated for both Academy, an Academy Award for Best no. Original Song, oh, okay. as well as for the Razzie Awards. It, it got nominated yep. for, like, six Razzie Awards. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I was like, I can't believe, like, that's got to be uncommon, and, like, there's a bunch of them, actually, that actually... In a little bit, when we get to Vanilla Sky, that's another one that'll be another Tom Cruise movie nominated for both Oscars and Razzies, so... Interesting. It, it, it's not it's not terribly uncommon, but I think notable... It's always notable, I think, when a, a movie that we do is nominated for Academy Awards, and then especially when it's nominated for Academy Awards and Razzie Awards. Did not win Best Original Song because the Arthur's Theme, the theme from Arthur, uh, oh, won, because yeah. that's a great, great, song. great, great song. Noteworthy to kick things off with an Academy Award-nominated film... Endless Love, a movie in which a 24-year-old actor has a sexual relationship with a 15- or 16-year-old Brooke Shields. Yep. Brother, man, like that that stuff was creeping me
1: out like i couldn't like follow this movie entirely because of the way it just threw crazy shit at me from left to right
0: oh i loved it so much
1: i mean i get it like it but it's not a good movie like but it no, is it's quite no. enjoy it's enjoyable as like a bad movie it's on that level for sure but i just couldn't even keep track of everything i, I I hope that was a body double. That's all I want. It to say. was. Okay, I, I looked that goodness. up. It was
0: because you never see her face and her breasts at the same time, which is good because. But just she suggesting is that was a child. Icky. I know. Yeah. I know. So so the the tagline to this movie is: "She is fifteen. He is seventeen. The love every parent fears." Which hmm. first question? Is that the love every parent fears? Because that feels. <laughs> I mean, I understand that you maybe don't want your fifteen-year-old daughter having sex, but like, if she is. I don't think 17 is crazy. Like, I think if they wanted to make it edgy maybe do like 16 and 19 or something? Or you do like 16 and... Actually 24 which the actor was. Yeah, I was gonna was. say
1: right, like you do it for real that way, like that even just seems more realistic, but no, because like that's just like a freshman dating a junior or something, like I don't... Right, that's... Like there,
0: it's just an older high school guy, and it also happens to be an older high school guy that's the, same, that's the same age as her brother like it's not like this crazy like oh she met this like, you know, this random guy on the street, it's just an older guy guy which again the fact that she's 15 and he's 24 or whatever 23 in real life that's icky but i think within the movie and i also wrote down the word ew like six times in my notes (laughs) but the fact that she like the age difference there is two years the movie's trying to sensationalize it but i don't think it's that gross yeah
1: and and it doesn't even seem like the central issue that causes the rift with the parents either. Like, Brooke Shields' parents are extremely liberal and they don't mind that the boyfriend's hanging out and sleeping over and all that, but it's not until Brooke Shields' character can't get to sleep and starts stealing her dad's sleeping pills (laughs) and then the dad gets really fucking pissed and there's the ultimatum that the the boy can't see each other anymore. For 30 days, yes. And it
0: leads to much more crazy shit i was not expecting which we have tom cruise to blame for and we will get to that for sure did you know that brooke shield's mother terry shields was on set with her every day making sure she was protected but she's also good a nurse in this movie she plays a nurse in in, in one of the scenes i think maybe when he goes to psychiatric hospital yes she she's on set there so she was there to make sure that her daughter was not exploited interestingly the the, the woman who plays the actress who plays jade's mom brooke shield's mom her name is Shirley Knight, begged the director, begged the director to cast, like, literally, it seems like, anyone else for the part. Like, she offered, according to IMDb, Rosanna Arquette, Linda Blair, Bo Derek, Carrie Fisher, Jodie Foster, Melanie Griffith, Jennifer Jason Lee, shout-out cinemakers, Christy McNichol, Michelle Pfeiffer, or Deborah Winger, and she just hmm. didn't think that the 16-year-old Brooke Shields had the type of talent, an acting talent, to be in the movie Brooke Shields mom is like I don't think that Brooke Shields mom was against her taking the part because she's like she's just gonna be there to look pretty which I think that's kind of the point like she's supposed to be this like innocent pure virginal character who has a sexual relationship but again it's not a perverted sexual relationship it's just a lot kind of quickly but at the same time one of the first scenes they're having a party David Axelrod, the main actor, the main the main character comes over, right? Jade is in a white dress, and I was like, "Is this a wedding?" No, no, no. She's just virginal and pure, but she's like sitting on her dad's lap and like kissing his face, and I'm like, "What?" That's more fucked up than like the relationship with yes. the boyfriend. Yeah, and they call him pappy. That
1: it's, threw me. Yeah, no. That the there is some weird. There's some underlying shit going on with the dad and the daughter that they do not get into here, but is clearly causing some issue that isn't being addressed. Like, there's like a gel. Je- it feels like there's a jealousy between the father oh, and the boyfriend, where he's like, I want to be doing what he's doing. And it's just like, oh, man, relax. There's other movies like this where the tone is more appropriate, where it's like a movie like Fear with Mark Wahlberg, where he starts dating Reese Witherspoon and is like a very abusive boyfriend and there's a cause for the dad to like want to get into a fist fight with him or, or whatever and stuff but like this movie just I was waiting for there to be reason for conflict because everybody was just so okay with you know what I'm saying like it didn't they okay so like the dad even sees David naked and then Brooke Shields like is like okay, bye. We're going to bed. Yeah, and, and like can kind of get over that. Even like the wife explains, you know, it's okay. He's been doing this for a while, and you know, this is how we raised her, and she's not an idiot, right? And like she is well, kind of a independent. Lot. The mom and, says
0: a line later when the dad is, uh, you know, giving her shit, and she says. Someone finally had the courage to wake up Sleeping Beauty. We've been waiting for this moment for our beautiful daughter to get fucked. Like, be okay with it. Like, that's what she's saying. It gets
1: crazy. It's wild. And I feel bad for Brooke Shields, too, because, like, this seems to have been her early career like this and Blue Lagoon and other fields, like she's just there because she's beautiful. It's unfortunate because like this, this role does seem to, I feel like it did need, it required more strength as an actor. Like if there was someone like Carrie Fisher here, like to bring, you know, a little more of the darkness to light, uh, I think it would have been stronger, on her end, like I would have, I, I would have felt more. I think in general, aside from just like, no, I don't think they should be together either, because it seems like icky to me. Just in behind the scenes, man. like I don't know. I was just having trouble adjusting to what was on screen for myself to even get into
0: the movie all the way. But the craziest thing is that the mom sees Brook Shields and David having sex in front of the fireplace, and I will come back to that in a second. But basically. Comes downstairs because she hears something when she th- she says later that she thought was a robber. Comes downstairs, sees them banging, looks at them from the stairs, and then goes upstairs and we find out later sleeps with her husband. She is so turned on by the idea of her daughter having sex that she has to go have sex with her husband. We find out later that she pictured herself having sex with David. So it feels like what the movie is hinting at with the dad and Brooke Shields, with the dad and Jade, it's, like, overtly saying that the mom wants to have sex with David. It's like, there's all this, like, intergenerational, seemingly behind-the-scenes relationships that aren't really played out, but then become, like, really major plot points. Like, it's it's real weird. Yeah, especially in the second half. Just to
1: jump way far ahead, don't David and the mother end up, like, making out together
0: like towards the end she's in like like a nightgown and he comes over because he's looking for jade this is after he goes to the psychiatric hospital we gotta we gotta get to why he goes to the psychiatric hospital because it is crazy <laughs> but, that, but that is
1: you know that's where tom cruise comes yes in. Yes, yes yes yes
0: uh so we, he gets out of that he finds out that the, the family moved east so he goes to new york finds out where the mom lives finds out that the mom and the dad have separated not his parents Jade's parents. He goes to her apartment. She's living there alone, but she's like in like a nightgown and then it's just like making moves, then like makes out with him. And then he says, and I quote, <laughs> I can't make love to anybody but Jade. Like he's like, I would have sex with you right now, but my heart's just not in it. I love your daughter. Which is. Admirable, it's, I guess. It's insane though that she, that the
1: mom is like telling him, Oh, the night I saw you and my daughter together, I went up and pretended you were my husband. Yeah. Like she, it's like this full confession. And this is after he's destroyed their family, <laughs> like yeah. everything they ever had over a crush. I mean, look, they were in love, but it's like, it's teenage love, you know, like Romeo and Juliet, right? Like, they took it to the extreme, I feel. It's like, you you know, you got to dial it back. There's a whole life ahead of you, kids. Like, you're going to have a broken heart for a while, but you'll get over each other eventually. But not, not these two, not this story. This is more of a tragic tale of warning than of, like, endless
0: love. (laughs) So I don't know if you know this director. Uh, Zeffirelli, I think, is his name? Name isn't sounding familiar. Franco Zeffirelli. He he directed... He's done a lot of Shakespeare, including, which should come as no surprise based on this movie... A Romeo and Juliet ad- adaptation in the in the sixties, <laughs> okay. but apparently he has this track record both in Romeo and Juliet and then another movie and then this movie. He finds this like young male, ad- like, this young actor for the male lead who like is like this supposed to be this like breakout star and then they never catch on. Like their career never catches on, <laughs> and so it was like three in a row. Like they all like went through these like massive career slumps. Like I looked up the guy who played David, and like he's best known for this movie, which is kind of sad a little bit like he's not terrible
1: like no he could he at least can carry the movie I feel like he's fine he's fine it's like Brooke Shields went on and became the. I think out of everybody here it was I mean aside from Cruise of course James Spader was in here and did you know I don't know if you recognized
0: the younger brother is Ian Ziering no, AKA the star way. of the Sharknado movies. Yes, you
1: only get a shot at when he showed up. I was like, wait a minute, there's another brother. Like, <laughs> didn't
0: yeah, even know for, he for was no alive. reason. And also, I, I know the name. I don't really know who she is, and I don't know who she plays in this because I looked up her character, just some you know, like second or third tier character. Jamie Gertz is in this movie too. This is her first role too. Huh. Uh, okay. So this is like a kickoff for three, you know, pretty successful actors, including, of course. Uh, the man we're here to talk about, Tom Cruise. But yeah, going back to David for a second. So it was nominated for six Razzies, not him. Like, he did not get a Razzie nomination. It was nominated for Worst Picture, which is understandable, Worst Actress, Brooke Shields, Worst Supporting Actress, Shirley Knight, Jade's mom, Brooke Shields' mom, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, and, oh, he was nominated for Worst New Star, Martin Hewitt as David. So not necessarily the worst performance, but I guess that might be, like, the worst character the worst part that like was supposed to be like a breakout role you know what i mean like oh yeah I that's sort of the thing that. like, if, 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 if this is supposed to like springboard his career i can be like well i understand why that didn't happen
1: yeah because he was known as the guy who like had underage sex broke up an entire family caused their dad to get hit by a car like everyone hates him for the rest of his life right. like at the end of this movie you don't like his character anymore you know like there's yeah, so I could see, like, if you if he showed up in another movie trying to play a nice guy, I'd be like, I, I don't know, I, got, I, I can't get over Endless Love yet.
0: Because the weird thing about this movie is that the family, Jade's family hates him for what they think is breaking up the family, right? Like, him sleeping over, leaving quietly in the morning, and, like, the only negative thing is that, like, she's awake all night having sex and speaking and like you know talking to him like and being with him and then can't fall asleep but like he's not disrupting anything else but he's and he seems like a, a generally nice guy it's just like this crazy so like they think he's like tearing this family apart and then he actually tears the family apart it's like this like self-fulfilling prophecy that like they thought <laughs> that he was going to end their family which he wasn't but then he did
1: like like that's what's so crazy is how he's portrayed as such a nice guy and almost to a degree like a victim I'd say up until like the incident which we'll call it until we get into <laughs> it but you know like he's James Spader's good friend and they're at the party having a good time and, but then like all of a sudden Spader comes up to him and is he's like oh we're we just friends because you fucked my sister and I'm like whoa whoa like yep. where's this animosity coming from where's all this anger coming from everybody this seems to be like a very loving accepting family of all this and, and that they would like all want to talk about it rationally together But then all it takes is for the dad to find that his daughter's on drugs. He can't handle that and the underage sex. And it's just whatever else is messing up his mind. He ends up, after he gets divorced, uh, getting together with like a much
0: younger woman, you know. So like that also I'm trying to read some things into. Oh, no, nothing to read into. Like it's over. Like he wants to have sex with his daughter and can't. So he finds a girl who's like roughly her age maybe or maybe a little bit older. Yep, yep.
1: Yeah, so it, it I was sort of like blindsided by life. I was feeling a little like David like that, but I mean, I was I would I would have just stayed away. I would have respected the family's wishes and but he man, has he's a very love. he can't. No, and he has he has a uh, interaction with destiny. At some point, like it's just that one moment, this this person comes into his life and puts this idea in,
0: inceptions, this idea into his mind, and it can't it can't get it out. Which we will talk about next. But before we before we get off the topic of the dad's new girlfriend, I just want to mention that she is referred to a couple times as. Ingrid Archester, Citizen of Jupiter. And I was wondering because like, Jupiter's like a town in New Jersey. And I was wondering if like that's or if the mom's saying she's an alien. Like I don't know was like, a very specific maybe insult, I don't know. But it was like mm-hmm. Ingrid Archester, citizen of Jupiter. And I was like, That's weird. That's a yeah. weird way to describe her. Clearly the mom does not like her because yeah. you know, her family's been broken up, I'm sure she's still maybe had feelings for her husband, and, like, he's now with this younger, more attractive woman or whatever, but, like, Ingrid Archester citizen of Jupiter. I
1: don't know. It sounds very pretentious. Like, I think she's just trying to paint her in a negative light, but I I don't think she's trying to say she's from the planet Jupiter, like she's a space case or flighty or new agey Mm. or anything. I think it's just, like, yeah, like a um, sort of, like, a passive-aggressive insult, you know? Just, like, and introducing so-and-so from this place, like just to make sure you know exactly who she is and where she's from every time she introduces herself. Like, that kind of thing, it seems yeah. like.
0: So let us talk now. So Okay, so actually, before we get into the Tom Cruise part, you and I decided, Mike, that if people are listening to this, they might know us, that we did a Nicolas Cage podcast, a Keanu Reeves podcast, a Charlize Theron podcast, a Shia LaBeouf podcast, where we did the same thing we're doing here. We went through all the movies beginning to end, except for Shia, because it was a weird backwards thing. You know, we've done other actors on the network, like I do... Channing and Zac Efron and Gosling with Joe, too, who will be on this show.
1: Yeah, the Shia thing was more of a art installation yes. than a
0: podcast. <laughs> yes. All those other shows, we sort of had a little bit less structure to the conversation, which I, I don't mind, uh, but we're going to try something new on this show, on both TomTom Tom shows, and we're going to talk about our, our favorite and least favorite moments in the movie. And I, I, I have to guess, Mike, that we have the same favorite moment in this movie, mm-hmm. which is the wonderful, wonderful 48 seconds that Mr. Tom Cruise makes his film debut as Billy the Arsonist, where he just shows up. Is it only
1: 48 seconds? It's 48 on seconds. Screen? It is maybe the most spectacular 48 seconds I've seen on screen in a long time. I gotta tell you, I was not prepared for what I saw. I was <laughs> just not ready for it. I have an idea. What do you say? So we kidnap Say a million in ransom. Shut up. Listen, if some woman did that to me, I'd burn her damn house down. Hey, I tried,
0: that. Did I ever tell you guys? Eight years old and I was into RC.
1: You're full of it.
0: No, I'm serious. I lit a whole pile of newspapers. You ever try to light a whole pile of wet newspapers? Jeez, it smokes like crazy. I got real scared, see. Do you want to hear the wild part? It's like I'm a hero or something. They thought I saved the whole block. To this day, my mother thinks I'm a hero. (laughs) Hey, you better not tell her what I just told you. So, so here's 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 what we know about Billy. Uh, Billy likes to play soccer. Mm -hmm. Billy likes to get shirtless immediately, which I was like, that's another reason that this is almost like a Joe Two podcast. You know what I mean? Like he gets shirtless, and like he gets shirtless, like it's his job to get shirtless. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Billy likes. Cut off jean shorts that oh, are yeah.
1: way, way too short.
0: Billy likes his
1: tidy whities that you can see. Yeah. Cause he's just spreading that crotch for half the
0: forty-eight seconds. He comes on screen. So like this is after <laughs> Jade's parents tell David you can't see her for 30 days. And he like goes over to the house and they won't let him in. He sees her at school, he rides away, he's like, I'm trying to respect their wishes. And then he's talking to his friends like, man, that sucks. Like, you should blah, 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 whatever. Oh, his one friend goes, eh, you should kidnap her, man. Yeah, which, you know, what? Is, is another way this movie probably could have gone. Although, it's, is it kidnapping if she wants to be taken?
1: Well, I think it's uh, she's underage. She's 15, right? So the parents would be like, yeah.
0: The but she's underage too, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know Not either. sure. I, I don't know. <laughs> Billy, Tom Cruise, comes in, kicks a soccer ball away, gets mad that it doesn't go his way or whatever, takes his shirt off and tells a story that I was like what the fuck does this have anything to do with anything and he's like you know uh, when I was eight I was into arson I took a stack of wet newspapers tried to set it on fire but then the crazy twist of the story is that my mom thinks I'm a hero. So like obviously it didn't work, or maybe it did work, and he rescued the family or whatever. Like we don't really yeah. have much of a backstory here.
1: He said, I think he mentioned he was either caught or he changed his mind at the last second, so he he was seen putting out the fire. So they I think that's what that it was. He but was like a hero,
0: but we don't know why he was gonna do it, right? Like no, he no, just, it just seemed like just for gonna fun. do it. And so I was like, that's so weird. Like that has nothing to do with anything. Like why why have that in this movie? I mean, I love it because obviously. Obviously, the reason we're watching this movie is for this 48-second clip. But why have that here? What does so that have left field to do with anything? A scene or two later, we see outside of Jade's house a stack of wet newspapers on her front porch. And I was like, holy shit. He's gonna do what Tom Cruise did, and like start a f- like. But I don't understand where is the logic. Here? <laughs> so, so here,
1: here's what what was going on. Like after that scene, he was not invited to this big kegger that they're having at Jade's house, right? Like James Bader right. is like my girl, my sister. He's like pimping out his sister. He's like, yeah, my sister's single. Come over and like dance and disgusting. Like, yeah, and party with her. And so David is like creeping outside the party. while... Blondie's playing, but like there's a band, a live band playing, so apparently that was supposed to be Blondie. I don't know. But anyway, David is like peeping on the party, and as he's sort of walking around the house on the porch, there's like a predominantly lit sort of stack of newspapers yeah. and i was like oh shit yeah. plus there was a line earlier where they made a fire and the dad was like only i make the fires in my house there's something i gotta be in charge of and david's like i'll leave when the house is on fire and i was like Which thought back is- to that line and was like
0: holy Bananas. shit. like the like the whole like the pardon the pun, the inciting incident in this movie comes from the 48 seconds the reason we're watching this movie. Like, that is insane. Like, that is crazy to me. Like, it's so random. This minor character who is not in the rest of the movie, it's an hour and 55 minutes, Tom Cruise on screen for 48 seconds, he is the one who inspires the idea to essentially set a house on fire And then become a hero somehow, and then that'll win them over, and you can be with their daughter again. But also, that's coming from the logic of like a 16 year old boy who was remembering back to when he was eight. (laughs) There's no logic there. Like, that's just, (laughs) what are you doing? Like,
1: I was so, like, it was the one time I was thinking, I was like, I'm actually really impressed that the movie had this scene where a completely superfluous character, like, just waltzes in. Says something and it becomes the basis for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like it, it's this like earworm that gets in the main character's head and he just can't shake it. It's
0: like I mean the balls,
1: the balls. <laughs> like it's I just so kept thinking the crazy. balls on this
0: film. It's so crazy. And so then he lights the stack of newspapers on fire. Apparently sixteen year old Tom Cruise remembering eight year old Tom Cruise does not actually know how easy it is to let a, let a stack of newspapers on fire, or maybe they weren't wet enough. Suddenly, the entire house is on fire. The entire family gets out, but he's out there. He gets arrested, goes to court. The judge is like, I can sentence you up to five years in prison, but I'm going to give you five years probation. No, proba- it was like no.
1: 20. He's like, yeah, you could maximum go sentence. got a long time in prison. But yeah. I'm going
0: to give you uh, five years probation, but also you have to be remitted to psychiatric care until you can make the nurses believe that you're no longer messed up, essentially. That's essentially what he says. Yeah,
1: he gets unsaned, right? Yeah,
0: and Jade's parents are like, in sense that like they cannot believe it is getting off like this. Yeah, like the bailiff has to like hold the
1: dad back.
0: <laughs> how like, much time passes? Do they let us know how long he's in that hospital for?
1: Um, there's one moment when I think it's the time the parents come to visit and he's like really on edge and he's like he <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He had a line. He goes, you know, they're killing me. I've got to get out of here. It's been two years. I was Whoa. like, holy
0: shit, two years. So I guess because it's a long enough time for prob presumably. The family to rebuild what they had, break apart, all move their separate ways. The mom to move to New York, Jade to move to Burlington, Vermont... The dad also moved to New York, w- developed this relationship with Ingrid Archerson, citizen of Jupiter. <laughs> James Spader would also be in town somewhere. There's enough time for a lot of things to happen. So I figured it was a couple of years, but wow, like that's, that's a lot of time. Yeah, and they show him in the hospital, and
1: it's, you know, he's not doing much. He's writing letters to Jade that aren't getting mailed. He's not going to group, so he's not showing any proof that he's getting better right like he's not playing ball and he's going actually going insane like he thinks he sees jade in the mirror and like turns around and starts screaming her name so like he's starting to need to be there too it's it's like that other self-fulfilling prophecy of the movie where it's like he isn't crazy until he actually went to the nut house
0: man man oh man so then he goes to new york goes to the mom's house jade's not there mom tries to have sex with him he says no i can only have sex with jade looks in her little like little black book basically or whatever finds where jade lives is going to go to take a bus to burlington vermont to meet up with jade and fall in love i guess and stay up there but while he's on his way to the bus depot he sees jade's dad i with can't believe ingrid this. archerson citizen of jupiter and the dad sees him loses his mind Sprints across New York City traffic to presumably, like, beat the shit out of him, and gets hit by a taxi, and has one of the most incredible hit by a car stunts yes. I've ever seen in the movie. I, I it couldn't is believe it. So
1: good. I couldn't believe, like, in this movie, they pulled that off? Like, where's the rest of the... Like, where's the rest of the production value? (laughs) I
0: do feel like, though, I was thinking about this, like, I feel like for all the movies that we see as a first movie, like, when we saw Best of Times, we saw Going Great for Keanu, or even, you know, Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest for Charlize, like, this feels more like a movie. Like, this feels like there was a lot of money thrown here, and I feel like it's not necessarily... I mean, it's obviously, like, a wacky movie, but I feel like... There's decent production value and then for them to execute that like there's clearly like talent here behind the screen. Yeah, you know what else was good was the actual house fire cuz yeah. I
1: was like, "Whoa, they're really going to
0: torch like, this thing." they burned thing the house and... down. That looked like they burned yeah. the house down.
1: Yeah, if they didn't, that was one hell of a controlled fire. So when they actually need to flex, they really do pull it off like that. Like yeah, the key moments Definitely work.
0: So the budget on this was sixteen million. Okay. Do you want to guess how much money it made? I think it was a hit. I like because um, it it was. I a, mean, they remade 30, it. It was a very popular book, right?
1: Like it's an adaptation of a novel. But then again, I don't know. Like, let alone today. Back
0: then, uh, so sixteen million. I'm gonna say like thirty. Double. It made thirty-two. Yep. It made okay. almost all of that in the U.S. The crazy thing. So it made. Uh, In its opening weekend, made four million. According to like Box Office Mojo back in the '80s, does not look like it has a ton of information. But according to Box Office Mojo, it opened the same week as, believe it or not, Arthur. So the two songs nominated for, or two of the songs nominated for best original song, opened there. "Endless Love" made four point one million. "Arthur" made two point seven million. "Endless Love" won the weekend. Uh, So it was a hit. I mean, if you're able somehow, I don't know how, maybe just the fact that you're living in 1981, if you're able to overlook the creepy pedophilia of it all. I can see that this being like this can be a, the, the type of movie that a lot of people would want to see.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that people were picking up on a lot of the shit that we're picking mm-hmm. up on nowadays, right? Like social. Well, we're both cues, very we're, smart. Well, yeah, we're super woke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, this society perception is just so different, radically different yep. back then. Like, just, just you know, you just wouldn't make it like this today either. So I don't think that was creeping people out as much back then. I think people were excited to see Brooke Shields, you know, Blue Lagoon and stuff. Was Was this
0: before her Calvin Klein ads? Yes, right? Yeah, and
1: I think it had to... I think it was. I think so. Okay. I don't know her timeline precisely. I just remember, vividly remember Blue Lagoon as a little kid. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think, like, the book probably helped. The the song, it's not a terrible song. It's not exactly, like, my taste or anything. I'm not really into love ballads like that or anything. But, like, I would maybe play it at my wedding at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that kind of song. Right. It's like a prom song or something. Yeah, it has a lot of elements going for it it just i don't feel like it aged very well that's all
0: so blue lagoon came out the year before so she was i guess like 14 15 there and she's like 15 16 here so that's still like that's crazy so okay so the the, the dad gets hit by a car the dad
1: dies that is so nuts that uh, i couldn't i couldn't believe i actually rewound it
0: when he got hit by a car because i was like did he really yes i couldn't believe it like yeah this movie (laughs) the dad dies Then that brings all the family together, so that's, like, why James Spader sees him loses his mind about David. David leaves, but then Jade comes down to New York. David and Jade have this moment where, like, he basically just, like, lays on top of her and kisses her. Like, you know, we talk about how, in Fast and Furious, like, Dom, like, wills the memory back into Letty. You know what I mean? Like, he just, like... the
1: amnesia, yeah.
0: Yeah, he, like, removes her amnesia. Like, it feels like, in a really creepy, perverted way, that, like... David lays on Jade and, like, kisses her until she's like, oh, right, I love you again. Like, it just feels like she's not into it. And then, like, within, like, ten seconds, she's like, oh, no, David, like, I need to be with you. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's really it's bad. Creepy.
1: It's really bad because, I mean... He forces himself on her. She starts saying no. Do they end up sleeping together? Like, she ends up saying... The scene ends with her saying yes. You know what I'm saying? But right. she's, she's really resisting a lot. And I was like, dude, this is, again, like, you gotta pull back. Like, you're obsessive now. Like, now you are crazy. This is too far. And she ends up relenting. And it's just, yeah, dude, you just... Oh, man. Like <laughs> I wish it was... You know, I'm not saying it would have been right, but I just wish she was... More like, I missed you too, this and that, like, you're right. You know, it just would have made that play a little better as opposed yep. to it
0: being like him
1: starting to rape her. Like, oh, like I couldn't. Yeah. And like, like what could. adds to the
0: creepy is that they're in like a sketchy motel. And like, that's when James Spader finds out where they're staying, ambushes him in the lobby. And it's like, you killed my dad because he's there with Ingrid Archerson, citizen of Jupiter. Oh, that's right. Like, she
1: saw him at the yes. accident
0: scene. And oh, she's that like, yeah, crazy. that's him. And James Spader thinks somehow convinced the dad to like die. Like I don't know what. Like there's no oh, logic. He thinks there. that
1: it like he was like across the street and was like goading him. It was like come yeah. and get me, kind of or like did it intentionally? I think. And and it it was just which an even accident. if that's the
0: case, that's not his fault.
1: Exactly. Like he was literally just walking down the other side of the street. Their eyes locked. It was like a sheer coincidence. It yep. seems. And the dad flips out. Like, David and...
0: looks terrified. Like when David realizes yeah. who he's looking at, he's like, oh, like this is not good. Like in a city of you know nine million people like this is the guy that i'm looking at like that's not good and so james spader and the and david start fighting the cops show up david is like in a rage and just trying to get back to jade and then goes to prison presumably for the rest of his life like i don't i don't know like that's probably not the case or or maybe he broke parole i don't know you know what i mean like i don't know he definitely
1: He definitely broke parole, and James Spader is yelling, like, he's on parole, and he's fighting. And then he definitely hits a cop at one point, and then they beat the shit out of him and shove him into the back of a squad car, and, like, that's that's the end of him. And I was like, oh, you're going through processing. Like, you're not getting out. If you get out, it's going to be a long time from now, like, even if you just, you know, get out on parole.
0: (laughs) And the movie ends with Jade, I think, talking to her mom about Mm -hmm. how, like, she'll only ever love David, and then we, like the camera sort of pulls back and, like, we're looking at David looking at her through a prison cell. Like, that's probably just, like, some kind of, like, imagination, like a dream that he's having or whatever, but, like, you know, they're separated by, bar- by bars, by, you know by the law by the man forever like forever to never be together again endless love or not
1: yeah and uh doesn't it end on like a freeze frame of Brooke Shields face and yeah. it like, fades to blue and then the song kicks in and i was just so dumbfounded I, I just i didn't know what to do with myself when this movie ended so i just kind of sat there and tried <laughs> to and tried to make sense of it a little and then i just is like, forget it. I'll wait until the podcast to, to talk it out.
0: <laughs> and I don't know if you watch the credits all the way through, but the credits end with like a really abrupt, awkward audio fade out. They ran out of credits before the like the, the song ended or I don't know if it was Endless Love oh. or if it was a different song, but like it just like cuts off really quick. I was just like, oh, oh. All right.
1: Okay. The movie couldn't wait to be over. It was like, we're getting out of here.
0: (laughs) So I have a couple other things that I want to mention. Brooke Shields' eyebrows on point. I sent a picture to uh, Kara and Jordan of the Wistful Thinking Podcast. I was like, look at baby Brooke Shields and her eyebrows. Look how good they are. And Kara was like, yeah, they are. So definitely great eyebrows there. Good music. Not only The Endless Love, but they have the Kiss song, I Was Made For Loving You, that he's cranking in his bedroom, which is great. And then when he goes to the party that he's not invited to, they're cranking or they're... I don't think they're actually playing there. I think it's just playing in the movie. Blondie's Heart of Glass is playing. I was like, this yep. is like, it like back to back. I was like, this is cool music. That was actually where I started
1: to think to myself, maybe this movie isn't as totally terrible as I originally thought because I emailed you early on yeah. I was like I'm watching this thing it's horrible right after I sent that was the Tom Cruise scene and I sort of you know my whole attitude shifted yep. after mm-hmm. that and and that Blondie song party sequence was actually kind of haunting I was like well this is pretty interesting and working for me the whole fire thing happened and the movie just went out of control
0: again <laughs> I couldn't keep up so I think do you agree with me that your favorite moment is your favorite moment the Tom Cruise scene oh, oh yeah 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 okay. absolutely what would you say is your least favorite moment in this movie, aside from the uh, creepy mm. rape, or maybe that's maybe that's it.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many to choose from, unfortunately, um, but yeah, I have to go with the the ending when he's sort of forcing himself upon her to mm-hmm. sexually make her remember what they had kind of thing. Like, I, I don't like that. That made me feel gross.
0: My pick is something that goes on a little bit behind the scenes, just as an IMDb Trivia during the lovemaking scene, Franco Zeffirelli, the director, squeezed Brooke Shields' big toe off camera to provoke a reaction that would look like an orgasm.
1: Oh, that would have been mine if I knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's real gross. Real, real gross.
0: So uh, Meg Ryan auditioned for the role of Jade. Oh, okay.
1: Cage next You, well, like, you know, like the actress said, anyone but Brooke Shields, right? Like, just age-wise. Not just skill-wise, but just, like, get someone... Who's like 18 or something.
0: And then considering how his actors never really panned out, I'm glad this didn't happen. But do you know who auditioned for the role of David Axelrod before Martin Hewitt was cast? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. No shit. Auditioned for the role of David (laughs) Axelrod. I read that and I was like, oh my god. Like, Tom Cruise had never crossed over, and yet somehow, in Tom Cruise's first movie, there was almost a crossover there.
1: I'm really glad that Tom Hanks did not get this job. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Like, it's really spooky. I mean, it's really weird that he auditioned for this, and we almost got, like, in the first movie, both Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks would have been an endless love episode. Would have been crazy pants, but I'm really glad that... He did not get this movie because he definitely would not be Tom Hanks that we know and love today.
0: So so the, the only thing I want to get to before we get to our, our segments to the, the back half of the show is I was trying to think because we had for Cage Club, we had Compromising, which we use in terms of saying having sex with, uh, because I was from The Boy in Blue. That's how they spoke back then in the 1890s. Mm-hmm. For Keanu Club, we had Sipping Tea with Miss McGill. From the hockey movie, what was the hockey Bloods. movie? Young Bloods. Young Bloods for Shia. Do we have? What did we have for Shia? Oh man, did we have? You one don't have, really for have Shia? sex with a lot of women.
1: Well, we did in Nymphomania, right? Like he went off off yeah. the charts in Nymphomania.
0: But I don't know. If, uh, yeah, don't know we like, might not like, had one there for Charlize. We never really truly settled on one. I, I pitched in the first episode doing the dirty corn because there is a yeah. uh, a, a nightmare sequence in which the uh, the parents of the adopted children. Are having sex, and then like there's just corn sprouting everywhere, and like the woman's chewing on dirty corn, and like it's just real weird and gross. You never liked that, that never caught on. So, I have an idea <laughs> based on this one. Then, I had an idea for a future one that I think is a better one. Because this okay. one, my idea here doesn't have to do with Tom Cruise, but okay. I think you know, in this scene, I think fireplacing, like oh. fireplacing, like you know, oh, they were fireplacing, you know what I mean? Like they were okay because they bang in front of the fireplace, and that's when the mom sees them goes upstairs and, has, and sleeps with her husband. However, the one that makes more sense I think within the scope of the podcast is taking her breath away. Oh, okay. Yeah, because of the song from Top yeah. Gun and because that's like the iconic sex scene in there. And I was trying to think, you, yeah. know, I have, you know, we we talked about I think on the intro that you've seen way more Cruise and Hanks movies than I have. Mm-hmm. In my head I just don't think he has sex in a ton of movies. I'm sure he does, but just thinking about them, obviously that scene in Top Gun is a big one. Obviously all of Eyes Wide Shut, he and Nicole Kidman oh, are basically in their underwear or whatever, and there's
1: like the orgy scenes and stuff. There is one of the greatest sex scenes I think of his career is him and Elizabeth Shue under the waterfall in Cocktail.
0: Like oh. that,
1: that is just visually like So uh, maybe waterfall scene. So that could be don't go chasing waterfall.
0: But I think <laughs> for now, based on this movie, what we can use is fireplacing. Like they were like he was fireplacing or they were fireplacing mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay. Because it doesn't have to do with his character, but also Fire comes back later in a big way um, in this movie. And so, fire placing, I think, is a decent sort of fill in there for what we could call having sex with. Because it's just like we could say having sex with, but I just think it's funnier to have a euphemism. Like we had quadruple spacing for Zack Attack. Oh no, we had something for Shia. I don't remember what it was, though. Yeah, we definitely had something. I mean, once we get to risky business, it might just be he's
1: doing some risky business again because, like, that Maybe. movie is just. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but... Like, I have it's... not. I have not okay. seen Cocktail.
0: I haven't seen that, so... Oh, um, man, yeah. Oh, uh, the, only, the only thing I have in my notes is that it did not win any of the Razzie Awards because Mommy Dearest came out the same year, and though I don't think Mommy Dearest is uh-huh. necessarily considered the worst movie, but it seems like everything no. that this was nominated for, uh, Mommy Dearest won, and also Heaven's Gate won an award or two that it was nominated for as well, so... Have, have you seen Mommy Dearest? No, I, I watched the the Ryan Murphy show Feud... About mm-hmm. Joan and, and Betty Davis. Betty Davis and I—I okay. I know about it vaguely, but I have not seen Mommy dearest. It, I know it's about I Joan Crawford. And her I daughter. think it's yeah,
1: it's about her raising her adoptive daughter and right. like yeah, and just being like a, you know, she she had troubles, but like she was a very crazy mother. I mean that lifestyle was insane, but like I love love that movie. Like I could see how people think. Like it deserves some razzies, but I consider it like pure camp. It is just, I think it's a blast. So, well, I, just like this I movie,
0: in, in ways, yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah, like maybe like so bad that it's good, kind of, kind yeah. of ways, yeah.
0: Okay, do you have anything else to say about Endless Love before we move on to our games and uh awards part of the show?
1: Well, ordinarily, when an actor that we cover is only in such a small portion of the movie, I generally say, you know, try and find that clip on YouTube, fast forward to that point in the movie or whatever, but like, I I think I want everybody to have to sort of sit through that first 46 minutes and then experience, you know, have the wait and the experience of when Tom Cruise
0: comes on screen and just explodes into movies. It is, in a way, a lot like Never on Tuesday, right? Because it's like 25 minutes of, of... I mean, I like this movie a lot more than Never on Tuesday, but... In that movie, we have like 25 Mm -hmm. minutes of like insufferable, like angsty teenage drama or whatever, and then Nicolas Cage shows up with a fake beard and crazy hair and a weird accent, and it's like, yeah, you can watch that scene on YouTube, but to really appreciate how much of a wonder and relief that is, you kind of have to get to that point in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think... Once you get past that point, stick with it because it's nuts. Like it is just, just for the sake of how much shit they could cram and throw at you. It's yeah. just like mind-boggling. So, you know, I, I started off the movie like in a pretty bad mood going like, "Oh man, like I'm not going to like this." But but I ended the movie in one of those moods where I was just like, "Oh boy, I'm glad I sat through the rest of that." In ways, it, I feel like it paid off. It entertained. Let's just say, like for for better or and worse, right? Um, it was an entertaining
0: watch. You know, I I knew that we would maybe have to defend our choice to do Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise, as a person, being so tied to Scientology, which is not very good, to put it lightly, uh, is. People people have an issue with that, and we've always, mm-hmm. for better or worse, been able to separate the art from the artist, and it's really, truly amazing how, at least to me, how little we actually know about these people as people that, you know, aside from what we know about Nicolas Cage being $12 million in debt, or owning a dinosaur skull, or having Action Comics number 1, or loving Superman, like, we don't know a lot about him. I mean, now, I guess, because we've talked about him for literally hundreds of hours, we know more about him. No,
1: but, like, even less about Keanu. What do we know about him? That, that he makes motorcycles. We watched that like... biography about him, so oh, we well, know he I caused mean, We know the secret so... history of Keanu yes. thanks to that guy, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah, we don't know these people. We're not really, yeah, involved in their day-to-day kind of thing, so, like, we're not in that level of their life. So, like, that's not what the podcast is about either. I feel like, you know, we're just trying to appreciate and enjoy the movies and mm-hmm. uh, on an
0: entertaining level. And so I, I knew that we might have to defend our choice to do that, but I did not expect to have to defend the content of these movies, especially from episode one. So, this movie is problematic. Right. There is uh, a really creepy relationship. I, again, the movie's relationship is not creepy. I think the actors a 23-year-old and a 16-year-old and just, like, the director squeezing the toe of the 16-year-old like this, you know, beautiful young teenage girl, like, it's icky and gross and I totally get why you wouldn't want to watch that, but if you're able to get past that or if you love the idea of just, like, schlock movies, like, this is not meant to be bad, but it's just so bananas in its sincerity at times that it is truly kind of wonderful
1: yeah yeah i think that's the thing is that it's super sincere like to its core like it almost felt to me at times like one of those after school specials that are like you know you know too too sincere for their own good Mm -hmm. and and, yeah and so that is part of it that to me was part of the enjoyment was trying to wrap my head around how they thought that this
0: was all good (laughs) that what they're doing was fine Yep. So it's like, how do they think that this was okay? <laughs> and I do not know. I really do not know. Okay, so we're going to play a new game to the TomTom Tom Club called The Other Tom. So in this game, we are going to, if we have a guest, I guess we'll play too. What would this movie be like if Tom Hanks was in the Tom Cruise role? Here's my idea, Mike. Tom Hanks comes off the soccer field, does not take it. Again, this, I feel like, could fall into cliche territory. And I also feel like, because I'm not super familiar with like early Tom Hanks, like, you know, uh, he knows you're alone, or bosom buddies and that kind of stuff. Like, I, I don't have a lot to draw on here. But my idea is that he comes off the soccer field, does not take his shirt off, and says, here's an idea how to get her back. Bake her a pie and get her mother some flowers... And help the dad uh, take out the garbage, and just like it's like these like general like well-being nice tips, and be like just earn their good graces back with like kind kind words and like good deeds. (laughs) And so instead of like talking about literally burning down a house, it's just like kill them with kindness essentially. As you know, America's dad, as just a generally nice guy, I would love to see him be like you know be kind to her, and then maybe that's like maybe the whole back half of the movie. Works out well. Who knows?
1: Nice. I'm sort of uh, going along a similar line there, too, but might be taking it a little farther. He comes into frame, and he puts on a shirt because <laughs> he was you know kind of the reverse of what Tom Cruise did here and he's like yeah you know something like I, I've been I overheard what you were talking about I think you should wait the 30 days and in fact like why don't we start hanging out and like you know you can come over come over to dinner the rest of the movie that so like the next scene they're hanging out and Tom Cruise Tom Hanks's character uh Billy not the arsonist anymore introduces him to his sister and oh. that's the rest of the movie like he becomes part of that family and there's never any arson <laughs> there's never any murder there's no death and it takes a completely different path and maybe towards the end like she bumps he bumps into Jade with Tom Hanks and his new girlfriend, and uh they're just like very cordial, and it's like oh I'm, I'm very glad like to see that you're doing well, and the movie ends, and everybody's happy,
0: so it's like an ended love, not endless love, but just an <laughs> ended love, essentially, yeah. yeah, cool, I like it, generally, just kind like I feel I, I again we'll see how Tom Hanks evolves as as the things go on. I don't want to make just everything Tom Cruise does nice, but although I kind of like that idea, and I kind of like the idea of just like kind of adding a little bit of chaos into the Tom Hanks roles as Tom Cruise. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, Billy is a crazier character than I ever could have hoped for for the first role on screen. <laughs> that is just... <laughs> Chef's kiss, il Bocio, beautiful. So, Voila. shout out. Stan Lee yourself. This is a game, Mike, you came up with for Watch the Throne. If you want a walk-on walk role into this movie, if you had a, a minor part, doesn't have to have a line, where would you put yourself? What scene would you be in? What would you be doing Endless love. Oh boy. Okay.
1: There's not too many places I really want to insert myself into this movie. I think what I'd do is I would be one of the the faculty at the mental board. Okay. Um. You know, the orderlies. I'd be an orderly. Sure. You know, like okay. that orderly yep. comes up to him and is like, you didn't see the doctor. That's been like three weeks now. So I'd be an orderly and I'd come up to him and I'd be sort of the guy who's like sneaking him contraband and be like, here's that chocolate bar. Or like, here's that comic book. Or like, you're going to make it, man. Just like hang in there. And so, uh, you know, there's not much to really choose from. So I think I'd go, I'd take that route.
0: I think there's, you know, there's, there's a handful of scenes that you could sort of insert yourself to. Like there's a party scene in the beginning where there's the live band covering "Endless Love," or I guess in the in the movie it's an original because that doesn't exist outside the movie. <laughs> so they're they're performing that. You could be in there. Uh, you could be you know a soccer player with Tom Cruise with Billy. Oh right, right. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put myself in the scene where Jade's dad gets hit by the car. I'm going to be just standing next to David, and I'm going to be overacting so hard. Like, I just cannot believe what I just saw in front of me. <laughs> mouth agape, just hand over mouth, just like, you know, a hat on head, just, like you know, a hand on the head, like, picking at the hat, like, I can't, like, walking it off back and forth, like, can you believe this guy just got hit by a car and flipped like that? <laughs> just, like, in this very heavy dramatic scene, just, like, overacting to the nines, and that would be what I would be doing in Endless Love. Nice. Okay,
1: I think that's great. I think there's a lot of that going on in the background of this oh, movie sure. as well you know like at the party I noticed like a couple of people dancing really weird <laughs> like, conversations like like a lot of hand acting at the mm. parties and stuff so yeah well what I noticed and
0: I mentioned this on uh, Too Fast Too Forever lap one when we talked about Fate of the Furious at the end of the be- uh, the beginning of that movie Dom has the, the Cuban Mile he races through the streets of oh, Havana love it. Yeah, it's a great race and at the end uh, he is surrounded by a mob of happy people happy that he won spoilers but of course, he's going to win. And I was saying to Joe, I was like, if you watch any single person in that crowd, they're doing insane things. Like, whenever yes, there's yes. a crowd scene, like, they're all, like, I think, to basically just, like, look happy, cheerful, you know, raise, like, pump your fist or whatever. But if you watch any one person, like, they don't feel real. Like, collectively they add up to a believable scene. But -hmm. if you focus on any one individual, it's just like, what are you doing? So I feel like (laughs) in that party scene, maybe at the scene at the end where he gets hit by the car, I feel like there's probably a lot of banana stuff that's happening on screen that you just, you know, you're, you're so at least at the end so amazed that the dad got hit by a car that you're not really focusing on the overacting or whatever but I'm sure there's a lot like in every movie not just this movie but every movie whenever there's like a bunch of people doing something it's just like why, ha, why, what? Yeah I love
1: that that's a great phenomenon yeah pick any one person out and they don't belong but like look at them all as a collective and it fits perfectly
0: yeah so we have a mailbag. Oh, wait. What is, what is our email address? Hang on. I don't know. I think it's just oh. run. I think it's run at cageclub.may. We have an email I love address that. here. That is awesome. Let us find here because Tom Cruise's uh, social media banner, social media byline, tagline, whatever, says running in movies since 1981. He is running in this movie. That's what we have, to, we have mm-hmm. to keep track every time, Mike. Does Tom Cruise run? The answer is yes, he does in this movie. We're also gonna have to have a best running scene, although I think it's probably gonna be the MI Fallout scene. But you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's first. It's gonna be like the first Mission Impossible. Then that'll get you served by the second, and that yep. one by the third, and so forth and so on.
0: No, we have Cruise at cageclub.me. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna make right now Run at cageclub.me. Club. Uh, thanks. I, I I like that. I love that. <laughs> so there we go. Email run at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think of the show, of the episodes. Have you seen this movie? Because this movie is kind of amazing. Just, you know, say hi. We also have a Patreon page, which I know that you're new to this. So if you don't want to donate yet, that's totally fine. But we have been creating podcasts for three and a half years now. If you want to throw us a couple bucks, if you want to control what we are doing, who we watch next, uh, you certainly can. Patreon.com slash cageclub. Go there. Uh, just let us know, just say hi. Um, it's sort of a community for people who like our shows. Um, it, it's relatively new, so there's not a lot of people over there yet. But if you want to support us in what we're doing, the show will always be free. But if you want to either get more content, get merch, throw us a couple bucks, whatever, patreon.com slash club. It is time now for the awards segment. We don't... Uh, is there... Is there a name that we could, based on this Hmm. movie, like the Fire Awards? But that's not going to stick.
1: I mean, just based on... Billy the Arsonist, like, um, how about, like, the, I mean, we can't be, like, the Golden Shirtless Awards or anything, but, like, maybe, like, the silver jean shorts at this point or something? (laughs) maybe, maybe, maybe. Golden Shirtless sounds so funny to me, though. The Golden Shirtless? It's it's one of those, like, nonsense combo words, but, like...
0: (laughs) So, whatever the the awards are going to be. So, we have, I just took these from Charlize. Best film, worst film? I don't think so. Best of the worst, most fun bad film, for sure. Best role, worst role, no most wasted performance maybe. I mean because I want more Billy.
1: Like, as much as I want Billy to be the rest of this movie, like he comes in and explodes and like in and out, right? Like it just feels like Almost feels like the perfect dash of flavoring, you know, of, like, Emerald. He's like, bam, Billy the Arsonist, bam. <laughs> like, it only takes one pinch of Billy the
0: Arsonist, so... I think it So maybe just not great. wasted. Maybe it's perfect.
1: I think it might be. I it think be it perfect. just might be pitch perfect.
0: Best fight, none. No, best dancing. Best outfit, no. Best death, no. Best line, well, which... Best death, no? Not, I mean... He doesn't die, no, it just, it's just his deaths.
1: Oh, right, right, Tom Cruise's death. Yeah, am yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I thought... Getting hit by a oh, client. no,
0: no, no, no. That, would, oh, that might win for the entire show, but, you know, keep him again, because we have 45 of these movies to watch.
1: Did we have a most unexpected death category ever? Because boy, oh boy, that I think in all movies I've ever watched is like one of the most out of nowhere unexpected deaths.
0: The line that I'm going to nominate, I don't think we ever had that category. It maybe should have, but for sure that would be in play here. Uh, the line I'm going to nominate for this movie is... Eight years old, and I was into arson in Endless Love, (laughs) because wow, wow, wow. Someone wrote that, and Tom Cruise said it. Best or worst, non-Cruise actor, male or female.
1: Again, I don't feel like it's them. I feel like it's the material for me. Like, I give everybody here all the credit in the world for trying to pull off this insane story Mm -hmm. thing so I don't really want to put any hurt on the actors here I mean you know you could say Brooke Shields is doesn't have, like, the skill, or James Spader is great, and every time, because he's electric, because he is electric, like, he's uh-huh. great, like, he's fully formed James Spader.
0: I also want to say that this is now the second podcast we've started in the last couple of years where he was a major character in the first episode. He was the first episode of Cinemakers in Sex, Lies, and Video T. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now here again for Endless Love. Not Obviously not as big of a role as he was in Sex, Lies, but again, first episode of a show, here he is.
1: Yeah, so I don't, I don't have a nominee, a nominee for that category. But if okay. you do,
0: no, I, I think, I think. In the in the grand scheme of things, I think mean, this will be ultimately uh, sort of a forgotten movie. But I do want to make sure that we nominated and we did for best of the worst, most fun, bad film, and then best line I think also works well too. So I think we're good. Yeah, like, like I don't want to create like
1: too much awareness for this movie, you know, but like if you come but people across should it, see it, yeah, you gotta yeah. The
0: last thing we did on the Watch the Throne podcast, which I think is a good thing to carry over, is just a feature, another podcast on the network, even though these two hours, let's just here. Here's what we'll do: We'll feature the Tom Hanks podcast, Hanks for the Memories, hashtag H A N X for the Memories. Go check that out. Alternating every f- other Friday with this show, so this episode comes out on January 4th. Next Friday, the 11th, we'll be doing a movie called He Knows You're Alone for Tom Hanks. And then, Never seen it. In two weeks. What'd you say? You have seen it or have not seen it?
1: Never seen that one. I've seen a lot of Hanks, but didn't even
0: know that existed until we started this. So I think it's a slasher film, so I'm very excited for that. And then in two weeks we'll be back here for Taps, a movie that I have not seen.
1: I've also not seen. I've seen a lot of Cruise, but I've never. I just that one never appealed to me when I was a kid. I just I wasn't into military boarding school movies. I guess
0: <laughs> either episode three or four of this show. When the Outsiders, like, it's kind of his last where he's not the star, and then kind of from then on, you know, he's just the star of every movie. I mean, you can see here that, like, he's on screen for 48 seconds, but there is a burst of energy, and, like, his, like, weird little giggle, and, like, you can see that even though he doesn't have a lot of screen here, like, he brings an energy. Because this movie I really enjoyed... But it's very slow. Very slow. Like, I think intentionally so. But it's very slow for most of it. Like, everybody is just sort of... It reminds me a lot of, like, Cruel Intentions in that way. Well, I don't even know if I've seen Cruel Intentions, but it just feels like, to me, that's a movie where people are laying around on couches talking about things. And it's just, you know, another sex-charged movie. And I feel like here, it's a lot of, like, bursts of anger and then just, like, lethargy. Just, like, being people being lethargic. When Tom Cruise literally runs on screen, tells a story about almost setting his house on fire, it's this (laughs) burst of energy, this life, that the rest of the movie did not have. And I think you can see, again, we're aided by the benefit of hindsight, that there's something... Maybe not special, but something unique about him that people would be like, I want." I don't know who that was, but we need to get him into more things.
1: Yeah, you know, to be honest, this movie was, was feeling endless to me. I was yeah. like, is this ever going to end? Like, it's just dragging. I mean, there's those crazy moments, but, like, it is slow. It, that is sort of to its detriment. But, yes, crazy shit happens. And when Cruz shows up, it, it's that, like, thing when you just see someone and you can't really explain it. And, I mean, you know, people have tried to just call it, like, oh, you've got it or star power or whatever it is but like i think we'll just call it like you said like he's got this energy it's kind of infectious and it's just like what is going on what is this what what's happening here i mean like it's it's gone so quickly you just feel like you need more of it or something like i just got a hit of something i'm not sure what it was but i hope i get to see that again in a movie one day or something yeah. like that like there's just yeah. like instant sort of Lots of actors have it. And, yeah. like, I don't know that they all bring it to their first performance, but, like, it's there, whatever. Like, with James Spader, I was like, he's fully formed. Like, Cruz feels like he knows what he wants to do and become, and it's coming across in 48 seconds, and that's crazy to me.
0: Yeah. So come back next Friday, different feed. Tom Hanks, Tom Tom Club, part two, sort of, or part 1A or whatever. And then in two weeks, come back here for Tom Cruise, TAPS, Cruise Club. Hangs for the memories, Cruise Club. We were off to a rocking start here, Mike. I thought, you know, I, I, I know that we're probably going to have stretches where I don't enjoy the movies. I don't think we're going to have ones that we suffer through, I think, for Keanu or Charlize. You know, there's especially, there's, there's runs, like, in Tom Hanks' career where it's, like, nine years where he just made, like, 12 of, like, the greatest movies that have ever been made. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like, there's so much good stuff to come, and I'm just so excited that, you know, we will see what next week's movie holds, but for Tom Cruise and Cruise Club to start off with such a weird kind of statement film, in a way... I, I'm I'm glad that we are already on this journey because it is wild.
1: Yeah, it, it couldn't have started any better, if you ask me. Like, I, I was a little sort of like, oh, how's it going to go? But, like, yeah, I, I'm really, really, I'm ready, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready for this. Like, I was excited before, but now I'm, like, super-duper excited. So yeah. this is going to be good.
0: So for all things Cruise Club, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us run at cageclub.me check out our Patreon at patreon.com cageclub, get some merch, get some shoutouts, whatever you want to do, just say hi to us either one of those two places and we'll be back in two weeks right here on the show. I'm Joey Lewandowski and I'm Mike Manzi and we'll see you in two weeks with TAPS right here on Cruise Club
1: My love
0: There's only you in my life
1: the only thing that's right. My first love. Your every breath that I take.